Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. But what do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see someone who is like astonishingly good looking? You look at you and wake up in the morning, you look in that mirror, you're like, you fox. <laughs> like, well, how'd you wake up looking so good? You're talking like you're you're like puff, you're like building yourself up, you know, like you're gonna kill him today. But you know, sometimes we look in the mirror and we like what we see. Sometimes we look in the mirror, we don't like what we see. And a lot of it has to do with there are certain, sometimes there are physical characteristics about ourselves that we don't like. Like, th- there's probably something about you, no matter what you look like, that you just don't like. Like, maybe you've got, like, the family nose, and you have a very, like, distinct, I don't know, distinct nose. Or, like, you have this particular chin that you don't like. Or, you know, you know guys, you wish you could grow, like, this big, ma- manly, like, mane of a beard. And you just have, like, like little, like, fur patches. It looks like, you know, it looks like, a, you know, grass that's not been mowed. And it's just, like, crabgrass, you know. Um, there's something about you you don't like the way you look. But then sometimes you look at yourself in the mirror and you think about the person that you are. And there's something about you, like something about the person that you don't like. And then there are labels that people have put on you. It's labels tonight, by the way. But there are labels that people have put on you. And people judge you. Maybe the label is based on your appearance. Like you have the label of ugly or you have the label of like you know, weird because you dress differently than other people would. Um, But then there are labels that are based on, like, your actions, maybe things that you've done in the past. So you have, like, the label of, like, stuck-up snob or things that you've done in the past and it was a failure, and you wear, like, the label of, uh, of, like, failure or rejection. Uh, For me, I had the label of class clown. Like, I was, like, the funny guy in my class, and I would always have a joke and I would always laugh, you make people laugh. So then the flip side of that is nobody really took me seriously. So one of the labels that I wore, sometimes still do, is clown. Um, another label that I wore a lot because I didn't get the best, like I didn't get the best grades, but I didn't get the worst grades. I wasn't the best soccer player, but I wasn't the worst soccer player. I wasn't the ugliest guy in the class, but I wasn't the best looking guy. So I had the label of average. Maybe you feel like that too. I had the label of average. Some of you have the label of hurt because someone has hurt or abused you. And when you look in the mirror, you don't necessarily see just you, but you see all the things that have happened to you. Or you see the labels that other people put on you. So when you look in the mirror, when you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? So that's the question we're kind of thinking about because we're starting this label series. And, and it's three weeks long. We're talking about how people wear labels that are put on them by other people or put on themselves. But you can go to the next slide, Chase. But who has the authority to label you? Well, we're going to talk about three people that have the authority to label you. The the first, to, to label something, you have to be its creator. You know, Apple has the authority to label its phones and put their logo on its phones because it is an Apple phone, right? We recognize labels for like branding for merchandise just as fast as we recognize the name. Like when I say Nike, do you think of the word Nike or do you think of the swoosh, right? Like when I say Apple, do you think of the word Apple or do you think of the Apple, right? There is like, a, like when I say Starbucks, do you think of the word Starbucks or do you think about that little like angel lady with 50 million arms? Like, like when, right, because you, you think about the label. 
You think about the label. So if you, if, you, if you are the creator of something or the manufacturer of something, you have a right to label it. If you bought something, you have the right to label it, right? So the purchaser has the right to, to put a label on something. And finally, the owner has the right to label something. So what we're going to learn over the course of the next three weeks is the only one who has the authority to put a label on you is God. And we're going to look at three labels that God has put on you. So, um, so what we're going to do is tonight talk about how God is the creator. God is the creator. You have one person who created, bought, and owns you, and it's Jesus. We're going to discover who you are in Christ. So to s- discover who you are in Christ in the Bible, we're going to start at the very beginning of the Bible. So if you have a Bible with you, open up to literally page one of the Bible. <laughs> open up to Genesis chapter one. And let's read what God says, because he's your creator. Let's see how God created you and what he said when he created you. So if you have your Bible, open up to Genesis chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 26. We're going to read two verses here. Just as a little background, God has already created the planetary system night and day. He's created the stars in the sky. He's created, um, the, he's created the plants. He's created like animals and creatures. And this is his last, the last day of creation. Verse 26, God says, let us, we're in Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our likeness, in our image, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You were created in the image of God. The first thing we need to realize when we look in the mirror is is that we are looking at someone staring back at us who was created in the image of God. It doesn't say that about trees. It doesn't say that about grass. It doesn't say that about animals, as cute as puppies may be. They were not created in the image of God. There's something special about me, and there's something special about you that we're different than the entire rest of creation, because the rest of creation declares the glory of God, but it's not in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. To me, that shows the diversity of God, right? Because we have people, we have a lot of different looking people, right? Like me and Mr. Mike Holman, we look a lot different, don't we? But that's how God created us. So so we know that God is incredibly diverse, but he created each one of us in his image. So that's incredible. So we're unified in the fact that we're created in the image of God. And when we're created in the image of God, we're created with a purpose. You can see the the purpose um, here in, in in verse 26. It says, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that, this is why God created you, so that he may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and the wild animals. Later on in Genesis chapter 1, God gives people a command, Adam and Eve, the first people a command. He says, be fruitful and multiply, a.k.a. make babies. Um, Replenish the earth and subdue it. So God gives mankind, humankind, maybe we should call it womankind today because it is International Women's Day, and we've been calling it mankind for 2,000 years, so maybe you guys get it for the next 2,000 years, ladies. So God created womankind, uh, and he gave, he gave us the responsibility of taking care of the earth. So God, God created us for two purposes. First was to have a relationship with him. Before, before the relationship with God, which we're going to talk about, kind of got skewed and kind of got messed up. 
people walked and talked with God. Like God literally was next to them. They walked and talked. God walked beside them, and it was like me and you having a conversation. That's how close the relationship was, and that's the relationship God intended for each of us to have because we were created in his image. The second thing, the second purpose is that God wanted, God created us to be in charge of the earth and to, and, and to run the earth. So God created us to do those two things. You were made in God's image. So what does God say? What's the label? He, he, you're his creation. You were created in God's image. So by the way, yeah, that, that, you know, that girl you made fun of because you think her butt's big, guess what? She was created in the image of God too. Yeah. That guy that you give a hard time because he can't bench as much as you can because he's really goofy and clumsy, he's created in the image of God. So guess what? You're not making fun of him. You're making fun of God's creation. And that's probably not going to turn out very well for you. So you were created in the image of God. Don't forget that. Um, by the way, this, this lesson is meant to be an encouragement to you. This isn't one of those, like, I want to give you a swift kick in the pants. This is one of those, I want you to realize who you are in Christ. So in the beginning, God created you. God created humans in his image. And you say, that's great, but I don't feel like I have a real close relationship with God. I don't feel like it's me and God walking and talking in the cool of night, having a, like having an evening chat. I feel like God is distant. I feel like God is like so far away. And the whole getting along with other people because I'm made in the image of God, guess what? It's drama, 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 drama at my school right now. And I can't get along with anyone. And I hate everyone because I'm a senior and I just want to get the, out of school right now. Why is it that I'm creating the image of God to be in perfect unity with God and in perfect unity with others? And I'm not anywhere close to that. It's because the next thing we need to look at, um, you may need to turn a page over, but look at Genesis chapter 3. Um, it's kind of a very, um, I don't say popular, but well-known account of what happened. God created us, put us in this perfect scenario here, and gave us the responsibility of subduing the earth. But what did we do? We turned away from the God who created us. We rebelled against our creator. Sin entered the world, and, you know, we give Eve a hard time. It's International Women's Day, so I'm not going to give her a hard time. We give Adam a hard time. We're like, what in the, what, what in the world was he thinking? You know, all you had to do was not eat that fruit. And what did you do? You ate the fruit. Thanks for screwing it up for the rest of humanity, Adam. You know, like, sometimes I read that and I'm like thinking that. But then I remember that God gave me a choice too. Then I remember that when I was born, I made the choice to sin, and I made the choice to rebel against God. So there's no one in the room here that's like a victim of like bad history. We've all chosen to rebel against God, and when that happens, when sin enters the world, it skews the image of God in us. This was the, a picture that I found that I thought was like a very good like representation of what sin does to us and who we are in God. We, we can still see, you know, see the image of God, and we can still see traces of the fact that we had a creator who made us in his, his likeness, but we can realize when we look in the mirror that we are very broken, and there is a problem. The, fir the problem is evidenced first by the fact that we, it's hard sometimes for us to have a relationship with God. Our devos are like a love-hate relationship, and, and when we pray, we feel like our prayers can't get through the ceiling. And then heaven, heaven knows that, that we have a hard time getting along with others. Right? And, and, and it's hard for us to, 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 to get along with others. And, and what we see are those are effects of our sin. If you look at Genesis 3, um, it lists some of the effects of, of, of our choice to sin. 
Starting in verse 15 of Genesis 3, this is God speaking. He says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's God talking to Satan. Then God turns to Eve and he says, it says to the woman, he says, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you'll give birth to children. I've been told that the pregnancy of, uh, you know, the pain of pregnancy is so bad that it's almost as bad as when a guy has a cold. But that has not been verified. That's a joke. Guys are big babies when we get colds. But, but what, what we see first is that, that our, our bodies are cursed because of sin, and we have to deal with things like, like, like sickness, disease. We break and we fall and break a leg. You know, there, there are those things. There's, you know, there's, we're cursed with our health. Um, verse 16, he's talking to Eve still. He says, your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Relationship friction. Our relationships are skewed by sin, and our relationships are, are, are broken by sin. You keep reading down into verse 17. He shifts, and he talks to Adam. He says, Adam, because you listened to your wife, and you ate the fruit from the tree which I commanded, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. So nature is cursed because of sin, and nature, the creation of nature is broken because of sin. And if you keep reading, he says in verse 19 by, to Adam, by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food. Work is cursed. You know, work before sin entered the world used to be a blessing. Like, it was something that was enjoyable. And now we're like, well, I guess I better get a job because I need to get insurance for my car. And you get a job at the, you know, the choke and puke restaurant down on Route 60, and you hate it, and you hate your boss, and the work is terrible, and you're like, this sucks. Yeah, because sin has skewed work. And then finally we see at the end of verse 19, he's talking to Adam still, for dust you are and to dust you will return. Death enters the world. So sin is this incredible problem. It skews who we are in Christ, and it messes up everything, including our relationships with others. And here's where the labels enter. Yeah, I wrote down, like, a bunch of labels. Um, but I was thinking of labels that, like, maybe I've had or labels that other people have had. Like, some people, it's, it's an outward thing, and they're labeled because of their, their weight, um, people are labeled because they're ugly. People have messed up, and they're labeled as a failure. People have had things done to them, and they're hurt, and everybody knows it. So all they, all, you know, when people see you in the hallways, all they can do is feel sorry for you because you're hurt. I was kind of looking over some of my, my labels here, and, and this, this was one that I always wrestled with because sometimes I would quit things before I should, and, and you've been called a quitter. Maybe your mom or your dad said, if you quit this, you're going to be a quitter for the rest of your life. Um, some of you deal with this. I wish you were like your brother. I wish you were as good as your sister. You, have a, you go to school and you have a teacher that had your sister or had your brother previous to you in high school and they expect you to be this A-plus student and you're like a C student. You wear the label of unwanted because your mom or your dad left you. There's a lot of labels that people wear. And they're all symptomatic of the fall. You, some of you, you know, your label 
It's pretty because you're pretty, but nobody can see anything past the way you look, and they think you're a dunce or they think you're stupid just because you're pretty. Everybody wears labels. Some people, your label is your disability. Some of you, your label is your depression. But all these labels, some of them, by the way, we've earned. I, I'll write this one down. I earned the label of a clown because I was stupid. I was. I was stupid. So I earned that label. But some of these labels that I had or maybe that you had, you didn't earn. They were just because of the way you are and, and, and your personality. Maybe you like things that are different than other, than other people think are, are different and, and, and you're called weird. But we all have these labels and when, sometimes what happens is when we look in the mirror, we can't really see who we really are because all we can see are the labels. So that continues. So remember, you were created in the image of God. Sin skewed the image of God in all of us. We've all rebelled against God and the consequences of our sin the consequences of the sin of others mean broken relationships, and we fail to realize who we are in the image of God. That'd be a big problem. It is a big problem, but God gave us a huge, big solution. So remember, we started at the beginning of the Bible. We're going to go to the end of the Bible to finish this up. So turn to Ephesians chapter 2. There's an incredible verse in Ephesians chapter 2. that I just want to break this verse down with you. It says, for we are God's, I'll give you a second to turn there. One, Mississippi. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Let's break this verse down. First, whose masterpiece are we? Are we our boyfriend's masterpiece? Are we our girlfriend's masterpiece? Are we our parents' masterpiece? Are we our teacher's masterpiece? No, we're God's masterpiece. He owns us. He can label us. We're going to talk about that next week. But then it says, he has created us anew. Anew, if you do, to be created anew, it means you had to have been created previously and messed up, right? So you're created in God's image. You messed up, but, another big juicy fat butt of the Bible, but... Jesus came. He died for our sins. And when he died for our sins, he literally created us into a new life when we believed in him. It says the life was created anew in Christ Jesus. So all of a sudden, you're not who you used to be. You're not who you, who had all those labels. All of a sudden, you're this new person, and you're not just a new person. You're a new person in Jesus, and he's your new identity. Why did God do that? The verse tells us, so we can do the good things if you can see my timeline here, you know, this is the beginning and this is the end. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The way we were originally created to be in perfect unity in relationship with God and in perfect relationship with each other. He's created us anew and he's still working on us and he's still creating us so we can go back to where we need to be. So we can beat the curse of sin. And here's the big thing. What does God say you are? What's the label that God puts on you? I've got it highlighted. It says you are God's masterpiece. Depending on what version of the Bible you're reading, it may say masterpiece or it may say workmanship. But here's the idea. 
This Greek word has the thought of, this isn't something that's mass-produced in a factory, but it's something that's created by hand. So what this verse is saying is you are created by hand by God. God's fingers, the palms of God's hand created you, and His eyes were fixed on what He was doing when He created you and when He recreated you in Christ. There's a huge solution and it's Jesus. So what God says, He doesn't call you fat. He doesn't call you a failure. He doesn't call you a clown. He doesn't call you hurt. He doesn't see you as ugly or a quitter. He sees you as His child. He sees you as somebody that He didn't just create. but He created, you screwed it up, and He came back because He loved you so much and recreated you. He calls you His masterpiece. Never forget that. That's the label God has for you. So how do we live it out? Like, how do we live out like a masterpiece? Well, here's the first thing we need to do. They're all D words. Maybe next week I'll have F words. I've been trying and trying, but it just didn't work out this time. But this time it's D words again. The first is, I said I I wasn't going to kick anybody in the pants, so I'm just going to be nice about this. Don't label others. How sad is it that those of us that hate being labeled by others are the first to label someone else? You know what I'm talking about, right? She hangs out with all those guys, you know. Why she hang out with all those guys? You know, so she must be a hoochie mama. You know, like, like we're so fast to label people, aren't we? Like, like, like we're so fast to label people. Like, do you see the way he acts? Are you sure he's not gay? Aren't we quick to, maybe, maybe I'm stepping on, maybe I'm kicking butt. I mean, I may need to stop it. Don't, don't we label people very quickly? Don't we make assumptions very quickly? But think about this. This is very convicting to me. When you label others, you're telling God he didn't do a good job. Think about that one. Let that one marinate. Let that one penetrate your mind. When you label others, you're telling God he didn't do a good job, unless you're labeling them as masterpiece. Don't label others. If you want to live like a masterpiece, you've got to realize there are a lot of masterpieces in the room tonight, people who put their faith in Christ. Next thing is discern the voice of God. Discern the voice of God. Listen to your creator. He has things that he likes to say about you, and he has things he wants you to know. He calls you his masterpiece, but he also calls you some other things that I'm excited to tell you about the way he calls you. But I think I've got it here. And I said this before. Unless you can look past what other people are telling you, you'll never be able to see in the mirror who you are in Christ. You look in the mirror of God's Word and find out who you are in Christ, but you look in the mirror and all you see are these because you can't see around all the labels other people have gotten you. So you've got to erase these labels so you can see what you are in Christ. Think about it. If, if there's a voice, if there's a voice in your life, I don't know if I can fit it on here. If there's a voice in your life that's calling you something other than masterpiece, that voice did not come from God. So if there's someone in your life that's calling you something else or telling you you're something else, you've got to stop listening because they are not in agreement with God and they're not in agreement with your Creator and they're not in agreement with your Heavenly Father. Your Creator designed you. He knows you best. He knows you better than you know yourself. And He knows every little flaw and every little problem that you're dealing with, but you know what He's opted to call you and chosen to call you? The one who knows you best, he's chosen to call you masterpiece. So don't forget that. Here's the last one. It's actually a, a 2D word, a double D word. I've got two Ds and one point here. 
Discover and declare who you are in Christ. Reject the labels others put on you by claiming the promises of your identity in Jesus. Uh, I don't know. Well, let's start with these. If, you're, if you feel forgotten, remember that you're dearly loved by God. If you, if you feel rejected, remember that you're chosen by God. If you feel ugly, remember that you're wonderfully made, Psalm 139, 14. If you go unnoticed, know that God sees you, Psalm 33, 13. If you're troubled, know that Jesus brings comfort, John 14, 1. If you feel worthless, know you were bought at a high price by Jesus, 1 Corinthians 6, 20. If you think you're a quitter, know that you're predestined to be conformed to the image of God, Romans 8, 29. If you're disabled, know that you can do all things through Christ, Philippians 4, 13. If, if, if you feel like your like, identity is your sports, you're a soccer player, basketball player, know that you are a soldier of Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy 2, 2. If you're abused, know that you're healed, Isaiah 53, 5. you got to stop listening to others. you got to start declaring who you are in Christ. Think about all the fuzz we get by everybody. We, we, we scroll through things on Instagram and we say, I'm not as pretty as she is, so you start feeling inadequate. And then you look and you say, I can't afford the car he has, you start feeling inadequate. You start thinking nobody loves you. You start realizing that God loves you. Declare who you are in Christ. What I wanted to do tonight, to close it out, we're going to close right on time, so I'm excited that I get to do this. Uh, what I want to do is I want you to close your eyes and like kind of bow your head so you're not like talking to other people. And... I kind of brainstormed last night or yesterday afternoon. I thought, what does God say about me? And what does he say about you? If you're struggling with the labels that other people have put on you, I want you to listen to these words. These are not my words. These are words that are out of the Bible from God. These are claims that Jesus makes. These are things Jesus says to you. So what I want you to do tonight is I want you to pick one of these and quietly in your heart, I want you to declare this. Live in it. And for the rest of the week, remember, this is what God has to say about you. So close your, just keep your eyes closed and listen to these. This is what God says about you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am God's masterpiece. I am made in the image of God. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I am called by name. I am a new creation. I am greatly loved. I am his child. I'm a co-heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. I'm a member of the family of God. I'm blessed in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing. I'm chosen, set apart for God. I am God's treasured possession. I'm precious to God. I am a temple of the living God. I am full and complete, lacking nothing. I am the righteousness of God. I am God's ambassador. I am free. I am healed. I am whole. I am more than a conqueror. I am a warrior for Christ. I am wanted by God. I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. I am sent by God. I am light in the darkness. I am a friend of God. I am appointed to bear good fruit. I am Jesus' radiant bride. I am known by God. I am full of the Holy Spirit. I am predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. I am noticed by God. I am hidden in Christ. I am alive in Christ. I, have, I am an overcomer.
by the blood of Christ. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed, and I just want to give you an opportunity to pray one of those back to God. Remember who you are in God. There's so many voices telling you who you aren't. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Let's pray together. My Father, I pray that you'll give us the vision and, and, and that you'll give us the strength to, to not define ourselves by what other people say about us, by what other people have done to us, but that we will identify ourselves based on who we are in you, based on what you did for us on the cross. Father, I pray that we will live in that. I pray that we won't let go of it. And I pray that when Satan tries to get in our mind, and tell us we are something we're not, that we will declare who we are in you based on what we know from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.